Welcome to an owner's guide for your life, the podcast that combines psychology, coaching, common sense, and fun. I'm Tracy Browning, an entrepreneur, life coach, and lover of people. Now, let's talk about how to live, love, make money, and change the world. Hey, I'm glad you're here. I was looking through my LinkedIn profile today, looking through the newsfeed, and this article caught my attention. One of my connections, Justin Bariso, has an article he's written, and it's published in Inc. Magazine. And the title caught my attention. Emotionally intelligent people follow these 10 simple rules. And I had this really like visceral gut punch reaction. I'm very emotionally intelligent. I love the topic of emotional intelligence, but oh my gosh, to put 10 simple rules. Ooh, ah, I don't want more rules in my life. I don't want to enforce more rules for other people. I don't want to suggest that you should follow these rules. I did go ahead and read the article because mm, the lure of emotional intelligence, I had to see what he's talking about. And I am glad that I did because he's got some good ideas. And my original thought was, well, I'll just kind of walk you through the article. But as I looked at it, I thought, no, 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 no. I'm going to put my own Tracy twist on it. So I want to talk to you about some recommendations, some concepts that will help you be more emotionally intelligent. Tips, concepts suggestions. These ain't no stinking rules. No. (laughs) So if you're, if you've listened to me before, you know, I'm a Susan David fan, Dr. Susan David, emotional agility. And one of the phrases that she uses, she says, emotions are data, not directives. I love that. Oh, it's so true. Emotions are signposts. They're there to give us information. We want to be aware of our emotions. We want to understand them, but not to be at the mercy of our emotions. They don't dictate how we live our life. So emotions, data, not directives. Now being emotionally intelligent means you can get your emotions to work for you. And it's not just your emotions that you're aware of and understand when you're emotionally intelligent. It's the emotions of other people. So, you know, of course, this is helpful in your personal life. It's helpful in your business life, too, because most of us in business, in some way, shape, or form, we deal with people, right? Whether they're your customers, your coworkers, your boss, your employees, whoever they are you're working with people in some form. So being emotionally intelligent, it's helpful. Now, I'm not going to go through the, I will link to the article in in my show notes, but I'm not going to go through the list of 10 and the order that he presents. I'm just going to go through some of my basic concepts that I think, ah, all right, here's, here's not even necessarily the order of importance, but I will start with what I believe is the first thing. The most important thing is to know yourself. 
You need to understand your own emotional makeup, how you typically behave, what you need. You have to know yourself before you can set boundaries. And setting boundaries is really important. It's like, you know, at your house, you have to know where your property lines are before you can put a fence up or you run into all kinds of trouble. You might be fencing in some stuff that's not yours or you may fence in not enough territory. So it's the same idea here. Know, Know yourself before you establish boundaries because you can't protect your boundaries if you don't know where they are or even what they are or what they're protecting. So know yourself. Now, another concept that's really important in being emotionally intelligent is the idea of resilience. Now, that's fairly, that's a fairly common idea that if you're resilient, you bounce back. You bounce back from your struggles, from difficulties. I like the term anti-fragile because that even goes, it goes beyond being resilient Um, If you're resilient, you're bouncing back. But if you're anti-fragile, you have the mindset that you can grow through your struggle, that you can grow during adversity. So, you know, when you hit a wall, take a deep breath. And, you know, I am a huge fan, not just of breathing. I do like to breathe, but I'm a huge fan of take a deep breath. That deep breath helps you kind of calm your nervous system. So if you've hit a wall, you're facing a struggle, take a deep breath. Then think about what can you control? Don't let your mind wig out on you with all the catastrophes that probably aren't going to happen anyway. But because you're a creative thinker, you dream up all kinds of random horrors. And yeah, I'm kind of talking to myself on this one. But benefit from listening to me talk to myself. Take a breath and think about what you can control. Think about what you have the power to do. What's your next micro step to take? Little step. It's those little consistent steps that get us where we want to go. And underlying all this is not just what can you control and what can you do, but who do you want to be? It's so much more important to know who do you want to be? Because when you understand the person you want to be, your actions just naturally flow through that. Now, another concept he has, see how good I'm doing at avoiding using the word rule. Another concept is strength and weakness. Know your strengths and weaknesses, yes, but he makes the point that a strength carried too far can be a weakness. Like kindness, that's a strength of mind. Empathy is a strength of mind. But if I let those go too far, they could turn me into a freaking doormat. I don't want to be a doormat. (laughs) No, I want to be a really kind, empathetic person. So I have to be aware of my strength and not let it be so strong that it turns into a weakness. I want to have balance, awareness. You know, so much of this, it stems from being aware of who you are and what you need. Another concept is, uh, this is, (laughs) this isn't really a concept. It's just a, hey, here's a quick tip. He calls it, oh, 
dang it, I just started to spit out rule. I'll just go ahead and say the rule of recognition. That's what he calls it. Focus on what someone's doing right. Recognize it and comment on it to them and really mean it. Ah. (laughs) So that's just not an underlying concept unless you kind of step back to the way I like to live my life with the perspective of positivity and optimism. And I'm not just Susie Sunshine, who is refusing to be aware of the possibilities of bad things happening. No, I'm not. But I do want to look at what's good, what's right, and surround myself with more and more and more of what's good and what's right. And people who are mirroring that too. So um, another concept is just kind of a little note here. It's acquired taste. He says we get many of our tastes and habits slowly, gradually we acquire them. And most of the time we're not even realizing it. That, you know, the more we see it, the more we like it is kind of the psychological concept behind it. That so you want to be aware that this is how we acquire our taste and our habits and our thoughts. So be aware of it for yourself. Be aware of it for your environment. You know, what's around you? Who is around you? You're going to be influenced by your environment. Now, he's got something he calls the atomium rule. The atomium is, and I guess I'm saying it right, it's how I've always said it when I see the word atomium, a huge structure in Brussels, and it was built for um, the World's Fair back in 1958. It's over 330 feet tall, and it has nine connected stainless steel spheres, and it represents It's not really important what it represents, but it's huge, okay? Here's the deal. It is a huge structure that took a long time to build. And and the guy who wrote the article, he says he even keeps a little replica of this building on his desk to remind him. It takes time to build great things. Now, maybe your great thing is a huge building. Maybe your great thing is a new business. Maybe it's a meaningful relationship, but you know, in our fast food world, where we want something and we want it now, we easily lose sight of this. Some things take time. It works for food. Mmm, a good stew. It doesn't just happen. If you know anything about cooking, you know. You don't whip up a good, I could whip up a good stew, an okay stew in about eh, 30 minutes, okay? But if we let that stew simmer and all the flavors melt together and we just let it simmer for hours, mm, it's so much better. Great things, they take time. Now, another concept he has is, and I had to work on this one too, decision-making. A tip for decision-making. He says, don't. First, he tells you what not to do. All right. What do we know about our brains? We don't need to go what not to do. No. 
no, no, no. We're just going to talk about it this way. Here's how to make an important decision. Be sure you're well-rested. Be sure you're well-fed. Be in a positive frame of mind and give yourself time to think. It's just easier. Okay, do these things. Now, you know, don't make a big decision when you're tired, when you're hungry, when you've had a bad day, spur of the moment. Just give yourself time. Be sure you have set yourself up in a good place to make your decisions. Now, there are a couple of tips that what I've covered so far is really just kind of, all right, these are, these are concepts you want to continuously always be using and developing. They're really good. No matter what situation, no matter what person that you are, you're working with, whether it's personal, whether it's business, whatever, always you want to be using them. Now, here are a couple of tips that you don't want to overuse. (laughs) This one in particular, don't overuse this one. The do-over. Have you ever done or said something stupid? Or is it just me? Eh, I know, it's not just me. (laughs) We're human. I'm on to you, you know. We don't always get it right the first time. And, you know, when I've said something like that was not the kindest, it was cruel or when I've realized that what I just did was such a boneheaded move oh <sighs> stop think about here's how I wish that I would have gone and ask for a do-over go back to the person involved and say I wish I'd handled this better can I have a do-over and literally do it over the way you wish it had been done. I've done this with my husband before, and I'm, I really, I was not very understanding with that. Can, can we just do it over? All right. So instead of sitting there wallowing in guilt and shame and frustration and trying to justify, well, you know, he should have known it was in a bad mood. He never should have done, you know, you know what your brain does. Instead of wallowing in that pity party, think about how you'd really like for it to go and go ask for a do-over. Now, this works in your personal life. It works in business, too. Have you ever you know, been in a meeting and said, whoop, 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 let's just stop right here. Take a breath. Remember, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of breathing. Take a deep breath. Let's just do that part over. Let's just do it over. The more you use that, you, know, you can you can benefit. Now you can see where you don't want this to be your perpetual way of being. You know, if you're gonna constantly ask me for a do-over, <laughs> we are gonna sooner rather than later have a conversation about slow things down, slow your roll, and figure out why you're constantly asking for do-overs. But an occasional do-over, ah, that can be, that could be really, really helpful. So remember, you can just ask for a do-over. Now, another tip he had, and he even talked about a professor who used this in his class, no laptops, no cell phones. Now, I've seen, I've seen this when, you know, in, in, 
restaurant settings where <laughs> when you can go to a restaurant and I have a group of people eating where everybody will stack their phones in the center of the table. <laughs> the first person who reaches for their phone is the one who has to pay the bill. <laughs> oh, You don't necessarily have to do that, but when you have an important conversation, when you want to have a meaningful conversation, shut your laptop, move away from your computer, put your phone away, and give that person the gift of your attention. If it means something to you, give them attention. We are so distracted by our digital life. We forget that we are in control. We get to decide when to pick that phone up, when to put it down, when to open our computer, when to respond. We're in charge of our life. Now, I like my phone, I like my computer. I love being able to connect with people online, over Zoom, through social media platforms. I love it. But I also love being able to disconnect and give people in front of me my full attention. Just stop and think for a minute how good it feels for you when you're sitting in front of someone knowing that you have the gift of their attention. Oh, that's magical. So love those last few tips. Um, they are more situational. Break them out and use them when it's important. When you need to ask for a do-over. When you need to say, hey, let's put our phones down. Let's give each other some undivided attention. But there are the other eight concepts for developing and strengthening your emotional intelligence. Know yourself. Be resilient. Understand your strengths and weaknesses. Recognize when other people are doing right things, good things, and tell them about it. Be aware of what taste and habits you're acquiring. And remember that great things take time. What was the other one? <laughs> oh, how to make good decisions. So, follow these. Let them roll around in your brain some. And develop your emotional intelligence. Remember, we are not slaves to our feelings. Feel them, be aware of them, and use them. Use your feelings to work for you, to help you understand yourself and others better. Now, I do want to share with you, I've got some exciting things going on in my life. I am starting a new business venture that I'm going to be sharing, um, not the details just yet, but I'm going to share how it develops along the way. So if you or anybody you know is an entrepreneur or wants to be an entrepreneur, tune in to my podcast episodes because I'm going to be walking through as we grow and develop our new business venture Here's what we're doing here. Here's the issues we're hitting. Here's how we're figuring things out. 
Um, so it's going to be really interesting and exciting and helpful to entrepreneurs. Now, thank you for listening. If you want to know more about what it's like to work with me as a life and mindset coach, visit my website, tbrowning.com. Now, let's go live, love, make some money, and change the world.